Catch new episodes of Dial the Gate weekends at youtube.com slash dialthegate. And for the latest schedule, visit dialthegate.com. Hello, everyone. Welcome to Dial the Gate, episode 80. My name is David Reed. Thanks so much for joining Sue Ann Braun of Hathor Hosts. And, of course, Hathor herself, Stargate SG-1, is with us for this episode. And before we bring the lovely Miss, uh, Sue Ann Braun in, I'm going to advise that if you like Stargate, and you want to see more content like this on YouTube, it would mean a great deal if you click the like button. It really makes a difference with YouTube's algorithm and will definitely help the show grow its audience. And please also consider sharing this video with a Stargate friend. And if you want to get notified about future episodes, click the subscribe icon. Giving the bell icon a click will notify you the moment a new video drops, and you'll get my notifications of any last-minute guest changes. This is key if you plan on watching live and clips from this live stream will be released over the course of the next several days on both the Dial the Gate and GateWorld.net YouTube channels, more specifically uh, GateWorld.net. So for this episode, Sue Ann is going to uh, be uh, updating us on her goings-on with her show. We're going to be sharing some more Hathor memories uh, from SG-1, and uh, she's going to reveal her full guest list for Season 2 of her show at, dial, at, at uh, YouTube.com slash Hathor Hosts. And then after uh, my questions with her, I'll turn it over to the fan questions uh, that are being organized right now. So if you're watching with us live, go to YouTube.com slash DialTheGate, submit your questions to the mods. I'll do my best to get it asked on the show. Sue Ann Braun of Hathor Hosts. Welcome back. Oh, thank you so much. And thanks for having me. Absolutely. And congratulations. Show 80. Show 80. Wow. I know. You've been busy, boy. I know, <laughs> man. And like, like we've discussed before, scheduling is such a bear. But, yeah. you know, I mean, I've just, like, like you, you know, you kind of find your groove in the mayhem. And it's like, you know, you feel like you're at the center, yeah. like the ending of Twister, you know, when they're, they're both tethered to the, the, um, the, the pipes <laughs> that run into the ground and you're kind of looking up the funnel. That's how I kind of like feel like I am, you know, in this kind of wind tunnel, but having all these guests come in and out. Yeah. But it's a great, it, it's, it's such a great experience, you know, and it's, it really means a lot to me, Sue Ann, to, Sue Ann, to have you back. I really, I don't feel so much like, like I'm talking with an actor so much as I'm talking to a, a colleague uh, when I have you on and it's, it's wonderful to have you back. Oh, thank you so much. That really means the world to me. Uh, Absolutely. And it's so lovely to be back. So season two, Hathor hosts. Yes. How are yes. things going? <laughs> well, things are good. As you said, uh, scheduling has been a bit challenging because the world is not in the same place that it was. Thankfully, when mm. we started the show a year ago, um, so when we started, I just want to double check. Can you hear me properly? Because I just got a little thing going. I, my internet Absolutely. Not you sound secure. great. Okay, good. Good. Yeah. Um, so uh, 
yeah, basically, when we started in March last year, the whole world had ground to a kind of halt and Mm -hmm. nobody was working and everyone was available, which I'm eternally grateful for, (laughs) uh, (laughs) because that meant so many people were able to come on the show. Um, But since then, people have started going back to work. And very often, as you know, in film schedules, things change. And not only does that happen now with COVID, there is such a nightmare because if somebody on a set gets COVID, they have to shut it down or that Mm -hmm. department down anyway. Invariably, the whole production, every production works slightly differently. Um, So I have the wonderful Mike Dopid coming up on Wednesday night. And we were originally meant to do this two weeks ago, but exactly that happened. He's currently on a project and there was a COVID case. And so they had to reshuffle dates and all sorts of things. But hopefully, uh, God willing, it'll all work out. God's willing, I should say. (laughs) God's willing. System Lord's willing. System Lord's. Anyone (laughs) up there listening, please make it work as best as you can. Exactly. No, absolutely. I do want to get to the heart of this because uh, yeah. you have you have uh, come to the show to uh, uh, share your full guest list for for season That's two. Right. I just really want to get right to it. So it's a world exclusive, David. Yes. <laughs> That's right. Um, well, initially I was going to try and just do eight episodes, but because I can't count, it's actually nine. <laughs> <laughs> Not good with the numbers, me. Um, So for anyone who has not seen the first two episodes, our first guest of season two was the wonderful Peter Williams, uh, who was Apophis. Yes. And last week we had the fantastic Rainbow Sun Franks in a marathon interview, which was so fabulous. He is wonderful. Um, Isn't he great? What an interesting... And I I was a bit nervous about that because I don't really know him. Yeah. I mean, we'd met and sort of said hi at conventions, but our paths hadn't really crossed. Yeah. And so when I asked him, as you and you know, you and I have talked about this, it's always easier when you have a relationship with someone to go, you know, look, this is the show I'm doing. Which, do you want to be on it? And I'm not going to throw you under the bus. I'll take good care of you. Right. But um, I didn't know if he knew of the show, if he knew who I was, what he would be like and what a delightful surprise because I just, we just got on like a house on fire and I adore him and love him and we're friends for life now. (laughs) No, uh, he's one of those Um, genuine human beings who, um, you know, you just feel like, you know, after, after knowing him for just a little bit, yeah, I'd lay down my life for you, pal. You know, he's just, he's just, um, he's he's just he's just real you know yeah that that comes off as suggesting that you know a lot of talent aren't but that's not true it's just i he is he has just always been someone who has always really been welcoming of of the fan community and ever Mm -hmm. since he was he was placed into a recurring role uh in season two i mean all of us have had his back so yeah. it, was, it was really great for him to share a lot of those stories and, and be be open with you uh, with you on your show. I think you really yeah. you really hit that one out of the park. Thank you. And Thank Peter you Williams, much, uh, I've been trying know, to get also- him on Dial the Gates, and I haven't been able to reach him. So yeah. you know, good good on you for for getting him in. Another fascinating human being. Fascinating stories. Yeah, absolutely fascinating. And I'm I'm so happy that he did it because. 
he was kind of initially keen. And then we had talked about uh, last year. He said, I'll do another one if we do the System Lords again. Because yeah. he had such a good time with Jacqueline Cliff and myself. Mm-hmm. And so we had kind of planned to do that. But obviously that will no longer happen. Um, God, it still just feels so surreal to me. Like, Cliff, I can't. Yeah. I know. Uh, yeah. I got I the can't... news and it was like, I I, I went because Darren and I were um, – uh, I I went out to lunch. It was my my day off, and it was I think Thursday at this point. I found out relative. I was one of the the before before the the world the news broke to the world. Yeah. I was one of the last yeah, the too. last few. Yeah, and uh, we uh, uh, he and I basically raced to get the news online. Darren with with his words and me with my speech. And I don't know if you yeah. saw. I don't know if you saw my. I video, did. But I, I did. Mean, it was like I. You know, it was awful. It was absolutely awful. And these things, you know, they they, they hit you like a rock at the side of the head, Ooh, you know? Yeah. But at the same time, you know, um, he lived. He lived oh, yeah. every day to the fullest. And, yeah. you know, you can't, you can't deny that he did that. And absolutely. He, he, whatever he was doing, he did it. He, 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 uh, he passed on doing while doing what he loved. And 100%. I mean, if if we have if we we if we aren't fortunate enough to die in our sleep at 100, you know, what other way is there really, you know? Yeah. And um I his funeral is one of the most beautiful but difficult things I've ever ever attended. Um but one of the recurring things and they had loads of photographs of his life and, you know, fa- family pictures, not of his work. Mm. And what was so apparent is how much he, the water was his temple. You know, he loved mm. the water. So he, the small comfort for me is that he died doing something, as you said, that he loved. Um, and that he was, you know, the, the memorial was on the beach. Mm. It was so uh, perfect for him. Um, and of course, you know, death is really for, for for the living in a way, because we're the ones who have to get on with it. And what happens with me is every now and then, uh, you know, like, for example, I'm researching Mike Dopert, as I said, is my guest this coming Wednesday. So I was doing lots of research on him and they did a project together, uh, Project Eden. And suddenly there were all these pictures of Cliff and I was just like, oh, it's like when it just sort of hits you in the gut. And then I have a good cry and like now, (laughs) oh, sorry. Oh, my God. Um. But I'm so grateful for the time that we had and for the incredible interview that I was able to to do with him and to talk with him and that he gave me so much time and all of us so much time. Mm-hmm. I'm really grateful for that. Um, ha! La, 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 la. For any of us who had the, <laughs> the chance to uh, to cross paths with him, you know, even yeah. for a little bit was just terrific. And I, you know, am, am like you, am, am one of the lucky ones. You know, I'm so glad that you got to attend that. Uh, was that in California? The, the, it was, yeah. The memorial? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Wow, that's... Um, that's that's wonderful. Um, yeah. I, I just uh, all my best to Colette. I haven't I don't have any way to get in touch with her. But I mean, it's like, yeah. you know, I hope that she saw the memorial service that we put on for for him. And, you know, that that was extraordinary. The the yeah. the uh, the turnaround that happened for the episode that we did because we were going to have him on. And that, I remember and then, you know, it was like 
what do we do? You know? And I mean, before I'd even gotten home, it was like, there's no question. The show will go on. You know, it's just going to shift focus from having him tell us memories to us sharing our memories of him. And the fans just came out of the woodwork and submitted wonderful stuff. And it was just like, you know, that's that's what art does when when it makes a a connection with a human being, human to human through this this medium that we call uh movies and television and it's just absolutely you know, he was a, he was a you cannot separate sg1 and cliff simon it's not possible yeah you know yeah so absolutely. i agree and i i thought your tribute was absolutely magnificent Thank uh, you. and i i know colette is aware of it okay. i'm not sure she's watched it yet because i think at the moment it's all too raw, too raw and insane yeah yeah but i'm sure in due course uh she will sit down and watch it um okay. that's great to hear Absolutely. So, right. With that little detour. Sorry about that. One of the things that (laughs) I I haven't, I don't think I've revealed is that I sat down with him and Diana Botsford, one of the Stargate novelists, several years ago, and we recorded a commentary for Stargate Continuum. And it is unpublished. And uh, I'm hoping to get Diana's permission. Um, uh, to adapt it because we were working on a different project and I'm hoping to adapt it for Dial the Gate so that people will get to sit down with Cliff and watch his movie with him. So I'm really excited. Oh, that's like phase two or three of of Dial the Gate was we were going to start doing commentaries. I want to sit down with you and talk about it and watch Hathor from beginning to end and things like that. So I think it's going to be fun. Oh, that would be really interesting. <laughs> well, that's the point, you know? Exactly. Absolutely. Exactly. Um, anyway, so getting back yes, to the guest list. Yes, guest list. So we have the wonderful Mike Doper coming up on Wednesday. So and that's then the week after that. the 28th of April. Yes. Okay. Correct. And then Cinco de Mayo is going to be the wonderful <laughs> David Nichol. Oh, wonderful. He's yes, such a Yes, we treat. love isn't he? I love him. Uh, And I've never, we spent some time together in Australia and New Zealand, and we really hit it off and had loads of laughs. Um, And then I've sort of seen him always at conventions and that, but again, because we weren't sort of in the same uh, part of Stargate, I guess, we're we're not often put together. Right. Um, So I was so delighted when he said yes. Uh, And I think that's going to be thrilling to uncover his career because he's also i mean they're all so prolific they don't seem to stop working correct i'm like i need to move to canada (laughs) (laughs) well Well, i'm not working enough (laughs) i you know what i i i can certainly understand that perspective that situation with with him i mean in particular he's you know one of one of the pitfalls for me with when we had him on was that i know next to nothing about arrow and he right. is really, really active in that sphere. So it will behoove you to have more information on that, certainly, than I did. I know. Um, because... Well, I have to say, sorry to interrupt you, but no. one of the, the challenges that I think I hadn't quite anticipated hosting the show was I was kind of like, yeah, I want to talk to actors about how they got the job and, you know, how this happens and blah, blah, blah. Now I realize that there's loads and loads and loads of shows that either we don't get in Britain or that I know nothing about. Like Arrow, I've seen, I've dipped in and out because my husband's a big fan. Oh, okay. But I have to constantly, like, 
I spend half my time researching my guests and I try and start as early as possible is researching all the different roles and trying to get a handle on what the character was, who they played, the trajectory. So it's an inordinate amount of work. Well, you know, that... Yeah, and I was watch. I was reading through the comments, especially with rainbows, where they were making comparisons of our shows. Your show is kind yeah. of a more holistic view of them, whereas mine is is taking a distinctive Stargate slice, exactly. coupled with where they came from. So yours, yeah. I mean, is much more research intensive, and it's just it's the the questions that that uh, that you asked. I mean, are very clearly. Um, researched from their backgrounds in terms of of the the uh, the roundness of work that they have done, and I yeah. think that that's one of the benefits uh, to watching your show is because you get that those other perspectives as well. Oh, thank you. And I, you know, I feel what's so great about both our shows is we cover similar ground, but not at all the same. Mm-hmm. And if somebody is really just keen on on only finding out more about Stargate and the world of Stargate, like there's no one better, David. Honestly, you're so, so good at this. Um, but one, for me, as I said initially, it, I didn't even really think about it too much. It was just more about being an actor, speaking to other actors, the kind of things that I've always wanted to know. You know, I'm often like you watch somebody on Graham Norton or on Oprah or whatever, and you're like, how did that happen? Like, how did they right. end up there? Like, what, what, what was like, what led to that? What were they like as kids? And those are the things inside the actor's studio used to be one of my favorite programs. Absolutely. You know, so like I tried to kind podcast. of combine, yeah. exactly, combine all those things. Um, and, you know, ho- hopefully it's, it's been something that people are enjoying and um, it's certainly it been great to, to kind of keep me out of trouble and, <laughs> keep me on track well one Um, one of the benefits and i think you tapped into it with like inside the actor's studio is you know we you me um the likes of joe rogan we have the benefits joe rogan we have the benefit of uh doing long form content that really gets into very, very specific areas that you can't get on a, a Graham Norton or an Oprah. No, the, they're, exactly. they're going there. It's, it's publicity is the large mm-hmm. reason that they're there. A company is sponsoring them to go and promote and plug this thing. Whereas, you know, you, we don't get to hear so much about, okay, what is it that makes you tick? You know, what, what is a, what is a, a role that, that tested you in ways that you didn't expect, like you shared with, you know, telling the story of um, yeah. that that particular story that that you did with the the gal who was um, uh, Allison. Yes, exactly. Yeah, that beautiful yeah. story. You know uh, about a real person. Um, yeah, and I, that's that's what I love about these long form discussions is that you can really get down in there and go, okay, let's take that aside for for a few minutes and and discuss and see how that helps change you or or you know that yeah. helped make you grow as a, as a human being. Yeah. Absolutely. See how I can apply that to my um, life in some way. Yeah. Well, hopefully. <laughs> or not. Um, Maybe don't go not. there. Exactly. <laughs> so, yeah, exactly. Exactly. Sometimes it's like, oh, don't do that. Right. Uh, <laughs> so after the lovely David Nichol, we yes. have the, the Wraith Queen herself, Zandi Frizzell, who I know has been a, show, a guest on your show. Yeah. She's in, um, I think, Thailand right now, if I'm not mistaken. That's right. Yeah. So she's... Uh, she's Lucky. She's going to be on uh, May... 12th? Well, we haven't 11th? 100% set Understood. the dates, but okay. in a perfect world, 
so basically, after David Nichol, the dates and the okay. order may change ever so slightly Understood. because most of these people are working. However, I'm aiming to try and do Wednesday nights if possible because that seems to have worked best for everyone this this time around. It was Tuesday last time. Um, and obviously, uh, just keep up on Twitter, and I'll always right. try and update my Instagram, my Twitter, and my Facebook pages with information. But, you know, sometimes last-minute things happen. People get ill or Correct. schedules change you know, or flights change, change whatever. Time. But, yeah, we try, and, we try, as you well know, one, one has to – scheduling is a nightmare. Um, it is. But, you know, I feel very lucky that we're able to do this and people are willing to give up their time to, to be on the show. So have you uh, met I'm Andy? willing to work around it. I have. Now, she and I met – can't remember what convention it was i want to say in chicago creation or maybe dragon con okay and i like completely loved we did a panel together and all i remember is i think we laughed more than everyone else and people were just like you guys should have a double act you're hilarious together we both love telling stories. We both love playing the fool and kind of like being the, you know, like butt of the joke, self-deprecating humor. So I was like, she's good people. I love her. She's um, great people. But I haven't seen or spoken to her for about 10 years now. I don't wow, know. Wow. Okay. Maybe, yeah, five, six, seven. I can't even remember when that creation was. Yeah. Because um, I've only ever done one. I've only ever done one creation in Chicago and uh, one Dragon Con. I'm desperate to do more cons in America. Just putting that out there. <laughs> Absolutely. Um, GateCon 2022. Yeah, so, yeah fingers Please. crossed. Absolutely. Uh, so I, you know, I would, I'm really looking forward to that one and to catching up with her life and, you know, her career and what she's been up to and what she's doing. Uh, and we'll be watching your show as some of my research for sure. <laughs> Absolutely. No, she has... Um, yeah, like the first, nearly the first hour was just about her life in Thailand now in a COVID and yeah. in a COVID world. And, you know, she is the eternal optimist, you know, she never has yeah. a negative thing to say about anything or anyone, you know, and she's, she's just light, you know, which is yeah. so interesting because as a, as a life sucking vampire, you know, yeah. you get that kind of dichotomy with her for sure. And just any, any time that she walks in the room, she just, she just takes it over. She's magnificent. So yeah. I'm really glad you got her. Yeah, me too. And I'm delighted because I really, I'm a bit low on women this season. It's been quite difficult. The girls are all very busy. <laughs> That's, isn't that wonderful? Um, you know, absolutely. I mean, it's great. It's really great. But it's been quite difficult to try and get people to either commit or... You know, some some people are just not keen. Some people, that's the other thing. You know, everyone handles what has happened in the world in the last 12 months in a very different way. For some people, it's been completely traumatic and they just want to curl up in a ball and not be seen. Some actors have carried on working and are fine. Others are like completely freaked out. So I totally respect that. Mm -hmm. You know, whatever you can only ask mm-hmm. correct um, they, yeah they'll they, they'll either they won't respond or they'll say no exactly. <laughs> it's the not responding exactly. ones that are just are, are uh, frustrating for me because it's like you know they, they're not you're under no obligation to respond obviously but if you don't want me to keep on sending messages to your agent yeah just tell me no yeah. <laughs> so david i hear that so clearly <laughs> I, there is one actor who i will not mention yeah but who I have written to three times, we are friends. That's what's even more shocking. Well, at least I thought we were friends. Yeah. And I can see he's read all the messages. Oh, no. Oh, that that's like, even... Aw. I know. Talk about like, 
Right. Talk to the hand, you know. Um, anyway. Well, but, you know, uh, like you say, you, we were all digesting this this situation a little uh, differently. And, yeah. you know, some people aren't – there there are aspects of them, you know, that – like, I, I have – I've had, like – this is kind of off topic, but I've had, like, friends in my life, you know, that I'm really tight with. And then, you know, yeah. one of our mutual friends gets sick and they're like, oh, I don't do sickness. And it's like, What? <laughs> I don't do <laughs> hospitals or anything like that. And they basically like – so like certain things for certain people at certain times, they're just not there for. So, yeah. you know, it's it's always important to be aware of that, I think. You yeah, know? And, absolutely. And maybe there's a really good reason. You know, maybe they'll turn around yeah. at some point and say, you know what? I'm so sorry. I read this, you know, uh, when I was driving and I shouldn't have been and I put it away and I forgot about yeah. it. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Those things happen. And I think that's – I mean, I invited the lovely um, – uh she Anne Marie Deloise, yes. Yes. Uh yes. And she and again, she's someone I don't really know. Yes. We've met once or twice. So again, I was like, I'm not sure if you know who I am, but this is what I do. Here's the show. And she sent the most beautiful reply. Uh it was a no, but for a very, very valid reason. But I was like, and she gave her reason, and I immediately replied and said, completely and utterly understand. You know, here if you, you know, it's an open invitation if you ever want to of come on. But also totally fine if that doesn't change. Yep. You know, thank you so much for being so honest and and jumping straight back at me. I I really appreciate no, that. No, that that, that in itself right deserves in respect. There. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, totally. We had Peter on uh, uh, a month ago, and yeah, it was wonderful you want to talk oh, about he's... someone with a wealth of knowledge man has directed more episodes of stargate than anybody man, i know cool. i know i actually I, I i saw that and i've been meaning to watch that because he's someone i would love to chat to um but i don't actually know him i never i never worked with him i, I will know who he is but I, uh i will yeah. make that put in uh, a good uh, word <laughs> i will indeed absolutely because he's <laughs> thank he's you someone who has always been very special to me and um it's just uh, I've watched him since I was a kid on on various programs, Sequest and such. And yeah, he's talking about yeah. someone else who's just pure light. Is yeah, the, there's no one greater than Peter Deloise. And when he talks about his dad with such reverence, oh, you know, I talking know. about Ergo, which I'm sure you've probably seen. You know, the, yeah. what a great, what a, what a what a great episode. So yeah, absolutely. So oh, Andy, lots- all right. So Andy, uh, and then the following guests, we're going to move, uh, following two guests, we're, or three, four guests, actually, we're moving slightly away from the Stargate realm. Okay. Um, so the th- next two guys are, are both really successful English actors. Uh, Will Kemp, who is in the hit series Reign, as in rule, uh, like a queen's reign, rather than reign. Okay. Um, Will Kemp, okay. And... Also is going to be in the Princess Switch Three with me, uh, which is how we met. So okay. we had a little chat, and that's coming out. Uh, he plays—I'm not sure I'm allowed to say who he plays in the Princess Switch Three. So, um, yeah, but he's a fantastic actor. Okay. Yeah. Um, well, I think it was announced in Variety last week. Okay. So yeah. Wikipedia I think it's, doesn't it's have safe it yet. to talk about it. Oh, okay. Yeah. Got it. Absolutely. <laughs> um, well, that's terrific. But, but he's also fascinating because not only is he an actor, he's a brilliant, a trained ballet dancer. Oh. So he had he's danced all these incredible shows, um, and he's also rather easy on the eye. So that's also rather nice. <laughs> <laughs> it certainly doesn't hurt. Absolutely, <laughs> it doesn't hurt. <laughs> um, and then I'm also going to be chatting to the fabulous Nick Sagar, who was in the fantastic series Queen of the South. Okay. Um, and also a Princess Switch alumni. He plays one of the leads in that. 
Uh, he's currently got a show uh, on in America, which we'll be talking about, which he's just, I think, filmed the pilot for. Uh, super talented guy. And okay. also, in, in addition to his acting, an astonishing martial artist. I mean, like, oh. astonishing. If you go onto his, um, his Instagram page, you'll see some of his fight stuff. He's just insane. So okay. talented. Um, right. And then I decided, you know, one of the questions I get asked a lot as an actor is how do you get into voice work? Because I do a lot of voice work and I mostly work as an American, which is sort of freaks people out. But you know, that's the truth. Hey, the accent's the accent. Um, you know, if you can pull it off, make it work. Yeah, exactly. You've got you to do what you've got to do. Um, and But the one thing I've not uh, done really are video games. I've done a little bit of like s- small roles on, on games, but it's such a massive thing now. Like gaming is huge. Yeah, it's the next and, big thing, I think. And it's already yeah, claimed that space. The billions of it, dollars that go into absolutely. some of these things or come out of them rather. Yeah. It's crazy. So I have two mates. Um, funny enough, it was so weird this. So I met them independently uh, Jane is Canadian. Okay. Um, Jane Perry is her name. And David is a Norwegian uh, British actor, David Menken. But weirdly, they know each other from voice jobs. Oh. She is most famous voice wise for playing Diana Burnwood in um, Hitman. She's uh, and also Cyberpunk. She's in that. And okay. David is the voice of Virgil and of Gordon Tracy in Thunderbirds. Um, okay. I see. Yes. Yeah. So he's done tons of stuff. Both of them have done a load of work. Plus they have really interesting television um, and theater careers. So anyone who's interested in gaming or like voiceovers, how games are done, how you get into that. I just think that's going to be a really cool and interesting episode and sort of quite niche. But, uh, you know, having these two people who are complete kind of experts, I think will be a wonderful thing to, to have. Absolutely. And then for what what I thought was the final and eighth episode, but is in fact the ninth, because I can't count. I now feel my like OCD is kicking in. I'm like, I, th- I feel like there has to be 10. Um, you know, keep your but, options open. Well, exactly. You know? There's a teeny chance that we might have a bumper edition final show. Um, I'm working on something, but I, you know, I don't want to talk about that yet. Okay. But the final guest, which I'm, delighted and thrilled to have her um, because I spent ages trying to get her on the show and it's returning in a wonderful full circle back to Stargate is the magnificent Tori Higginson. Oh, good. I am delighted to have her on the show. Very good. Um, Yeah, and that's us for for season two. (laughs) Terrific. That's great. Tori and I go way back um, when she was produce uh, when she was uh, shooting uh, uh, Atlantis and she's just she's a powerhouse you know yeah and not afraid to tell you her opinion and uh, just just very um, of this world kind of uh, person you know she's just salt, yeah. salt of the earth huge dog lover which I love excellent and uh, yes uh, she asked her about Ziggy because Ziggy, okay. Ziggy is is this this beautiful um, beautiful rescue that she has and yeah, so oh. she she will be terrific for sure. Been trying to yeah. get her on Dial the Gate, but just scheduling and everything else. She was one of my first um, first. She was one of my first to say yes, but we haven't managed to make it work yet. So yeah, that's great. It's really difficult, isn't it? Because I mean, she's working, working at the moment, and yeah, yeah. I mean, you know? it's great. 
Can't fault great, them. Great for them, not to. Yeah, exactly. Got to make it work with what exactly. you got. So. Absolutely. Right, Absolutely. That's, that's that's a great lineup. Good deal. Um, and so so the plan is to release one a week for the for the next uh, uh, seven weeks or so. Yeah, I think so. Okay. Um, you know, unless we unless something happens where we might have to do two in a week, but right, okay. I mean, hopefully it's only one a week because it takes me about a full week to to do all the work, and then I exactly. tend to do like the show on a Wednesday. And I'll, th- I'll take Thursday off because otherwise I don't have any days off. So Thursday is like the day where I'll meet friends or, you know, I'll just actually won't do any work. And then I start researching again on Friday and then I work right through Friday, Saturday, Sunday, Monday, Tuesday. Um, we do a kind of tech check rehearsal on Tuesday evening with myself, Drew and Catherine. And then the guest joins us a little bit early in case there's problems with sound mm-hmm. or mic because that was the signature of the first season. <laughs> <laughs> You got to go through the growing pain stage, you know. All of us oh, have got to yeah. figure it out. And as you know, as I said to you when we uh, before we started, before we kind of went live, working on Instagram, and I love Instagram. I think they're great, and I think Instagram lives are brilliant. But to do what we do is really right. difficult because a you can't do longer than an hour, and it always went over. Right. And for me, the biggest problem was that when you're in the live and the other person, your guest, is trying to get on but maybe struggling. You don't know they, unless they call you, but you're on your phone. So, you know, right. it's just ridiculous. It's really <laughs> difficult. Um, and like poor old Gary Jones. <laughs> Gary was, I mean, bless him. But he was like, I don't know what's happening. I'm in this. Right. Are you here? And he was like in my direct messages. And I was like, no, 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 no. You have to. And he had never used Instagram before. And it was so stressful. And then, of course, you can't relate that to people watching. You can't be like, oh, my God, I'm panicking. That's, um, you know, you just you just have to, it's a seat of your pants kind of thing. You have to make it work. Yeah. It's, it's so interesting because exactly. if it wasn't for for COVID, I could not do this because <laughs> the actors were all forced to learn how to use Zoom. Yeah. yeah. And that's that's these are this is the thing that makes it work you know and the fact that they were all forced into a situation where they had to figure out okay this is the future if i want to continue to work if i want to continue to to uh be a part of auditions for the time being this is where we're at so harnessing that kind of situation you know so they all have accounts generally speaking for the most part and then they just press it and go you know that was really really funny and what's interesting though is like i remember a year ago people didn't really know zoom and some had used it before and i was lucky that i have a friend who lives in the states and so she'd used it a lot Mm. and she and i so i had used it but wasn't brilliant with it Mm -hmm. um but now like a year down the line everyone knows how to use it everyone has to log on like it's a different conversation you know we've all had a year to get used to it so have you used skype at all uh, funny enough, only recently, um, but it was, again, like a bit of a challenge. I was a guest on a uh, on a show, and they don't use Zoom, and they don't okay. use StreamYard, and they don't use YouTube. They use Skype. So I went through the whole process and the rigmarole of downloading it, and I had to cancel my old account, which I didn't oh, even know God. was active, yeah. and, oh, all that, you know, re-sign and restart, and then you've got to pick a username. And Oh, anyway, <laughs> you finally get through all that, and then he, he calls me the day before, and he's like, so um, my producer is like completely smitten with uh, StreamYard. Thanks for, for the tip off for telling us about StreamYard. Hey. It's amazing. So we're going to be using that. And I was like, on one hand, great. great. And on another hand, you've <laughs> got to be kidding. 
Yeah. There are issues. So I that just I, deleted it. Oh God! There are issues that I have with Skype that have been that go back to the first year that Skype was online and that they just have not fixed. And there's it yeah. just drives me nuts. So I was like, everyone's like, every once in a while, it's like, do you use Skype? I'm like, no, we are not going no. down that road. There yeah. are problems that are endemic to Skype that I will not solve that I deal with. So yeah, absolutely. they need to they need to learn. You got to get with a program. Absolutely. <laughs> I wanted to ask about the uh, we, we your your little action figure we have seen, but your pop figure oh, yeah. we have not. Here she is. Hello, Miss Apple. Wow. The, what should, should I should do like Neil before your goddess? That is so beautiful. <laughs> Isn't she stunning? Hand painted. I mean, I mean the, yeah. The fan community uh, is brilliant. So this again is also uh, level twenty eight toys. Um, oh, so do it you is. Know him? Is it an official toy, or is it? Yeah. Is it a fan made one? Uh, well, is is he official? I don't know. Is he Send licensed? To me. Oh, it's so level twenty eight. Uh, I think so. Yes. Okay. His real name is Daniel Jackson. How bizarre is that? Ah, that's right. Yes. <laughs> I think he's licensed. Okay. Maybe not. But Maybe very, it's not but, an official one. But anyway, but at the very least, it's it is a beautiful piece. And yeah, the, the, the I love creativity it. Of, of fans are just outrageous. Um, oh, so Big, unbelievable. Big J Customs produce, is, is producing a, a series of fan-made uh, uh, SG-1 uh, figures right now. And I have... I yeah, have, uh, you can't uh, see them. I know. They're... Oh, I see them in the distance there. Yeah, you right. can't really see them that clearly. Yeah, though. but um, yeah. They're, they're absolutely magnificent. And so I, if you go back on my show, I've got, to, to those listening, I've got to, a review of the, the custom pop of figures where I took them out of the box and and showed them off. Just there's who who do you have that? So so I've got it's it's Jack, Sam, Daniel, yeah, Teal'c in green uh, uh, BDUs, and then yeah, Teal'c as a Jaffa. Brilliant. The Jaffa one That's is so. Cool. Cool. I mean, they're all cool, but the Jaffa one is extremely cool because it is accurate down to like the most teeny tiny detail. And the, amazing the the fan community, man, they just keep on pumping out all this this really cool stuff. I'm working. Oh, and they're so talented, yeah. so talented. I'm just it's like crazy, slack jawed at how brilliant everyone is. You know, there's um the people who've been making like, and I didn't again, I didn't expect this. This is just something that came out of the community and the fandom. But there's a wonderfully talented girl called Dana who's made the most beautiful posters for Hathor hosts for every show. Uh, another girl called Jack Guyver fan art. Her work mm. is amazing. She always does posters. I've had like Nat LeBrun make masks and uh, T-shirts and Donna with her collages. I mean, I, you know, forgive me if I'm leaving anyone out because who, at the end of every show, who, who does they just posters? send me these amazing things. Uh, a wonderful uh, a, a woman called Dana. That's okay. all I know. She's, um, she's, I think she's from Czech because... Okay. <laughs> uh, but yeah, she's, and I think that is her profession. She's just incredible. And then there's another wonderful um, artist whose name I've just forgotten, but who also has sent me the most beautiful artwork. I just, uh, thank you so much. They're all so talented and music and uh, Corinne for the opening titles. Just amazing. Amazing. It takes a village to make this happen. We cannot do it ourselves. You know, Amen. With my my moderating team, I mean, I I was under the impression, you know, when I first started this, because I, I watched some some news podcasts and on YouTube and everything else, and the guy, you know, he does he does his spiel, and then he goes and opens up the live stream and goes through. <laughs> but the nice thing about a lot of those is that they have um, 
uh, how they do it is uh, with the super chats. And you and I are not going to take money from people. So it's like, yeah. how do you find this stuff? Well, the mods, thank God for all of our moderators. Yeah, really. To go through and really. read everything and pull it all out. Yeah. So. Yeah, I mean, that was something for me. I've been asked a lot by other people. They're like, are you paying you know, are you, what are you charging for this? And how do we access the site? And I'm like, I'm not, I, it just, certainly when we started a year ago and even now, this never felt to me like I it's just not was not comfortable taking money yeah. at all. There are people who've lost everything. Yeah. Um, and, you know, I, I am grateful that I have enough work in my life that I don't need to be compensated for this. This is a joy That's to right. do. I will, however, say, one thing, when the Stargate show comes back, y'all better make yourselves heard that you want me back, please. No, I'm Absolutely. just kidding. Absolutely. Well, you know, I mean, here's a the little. thing. You are positioned as as um, a, a fan favorite, you know, Aww. and I, you know, am, am hoping that when Brad does come along with SG4, that you and I will be, you know, in terms of, of uh, media and, and, and entertainment journalists and interviewers, as it were, at the ground floor. Mm. So that when those, when those so. shows and stories do start happening, that we'll be able to turn to those people and say, hey, come on our show. Tell us about you before we discover your character. You know? Yeah. Um, I, yeah. Was, I was lucky enough to do that with the likes of, like, Brian J. Smith for for uh, Stargate Universe and a, and a couple, three others. Um, and it's just, you know, there's there there are there are there are going to be spaces for us for sure when when SG4 finally comes about. Yeah. Whenever that's going to be, you know? I mean, I would really love to be in it, too. I don't have to play <laughs> right. the same role. I would just, like, <laughs> you know, I'll be a tree who talks. Oh, I don't oh, care. Oh, I'll be, like, a... I don't know. I'm, just, I'm Chevron locked. <laughs> be the next gate technician. Kind of, exactly. I just want to be. I just want to be a part of it. I, I don't have to play Hathor. Such an, uh, uh, a a a a yeah. Such a such a a deep and rich franchise. You know, you can do anything. Yeah. With that, you know. And, yeah. And certainly, totally. it has been proven that uh, there are certain guest stars like Garwin Sanford and. You know, a few others that have have come back again and again and just have made a meal yeah. out of that show. You know, even without changing their face. Jewel State, well, for one, she definitely did with, with a wraith and then, you know, as yeah. as herself, as her, her yeah. own face, Dr. Keller. But yeah, it's a it's uh there's all kinds of possible who knows what's gonna happen next. And I think I could be Hathor's mom. <laughs> <laughs> Really, really, really uh, in the sarcophagus for a really long time. Exactly, really great. old and ancient, exactly. <laughs> preserved. Or you could be an ancient. Exactly. There we go. By the time they get it on, I will be. Absolutely. <laughs> Jeez, I have some fan questions. We want to move to them. Cool. Yeah, sure. All right, kicks three ninety four. If you could use the gold voice and glowy eyes without the symbiote being a problem, what would you use it for? I would use it to stop COVID in its tracks. (laughs) And I would use my hand device to smite the virus forever. That's right. From our our world, from this world, from Earth. Jeremy, Sue Ann, have you and David considered doing a joint interview with, uh, uh, of another Stargate cast or crew member? We've talked about doing something. Yeah. But that's still being, I'm still, you know, I, I'm open to something, 
You know, I'm just still trying. I think we're just still trying to figure out what that space is going to be. Exactly. So. Exactly. But yeah, we've talked about it kind of loosely and we'd love to. And, you know, I kind of think it's one of those things <clears throat> that if it arises and, and I think we'll know when it's the right, right. thing. Yeah. Um, but one also doesn't want to be like, let's shoehorn an interview in just because we both do the same thing. I mean, right. I'd love to. But it needs to be the right thing. It needs to be the I right thing. It needs to be the right person. So, yeah. Yeah. Because, you know, you do your thing and, and I do mine. And, and there, there, I think that there is that there is room, like, for this. Um, but yeah. But for sure, we'll, we'll, we'll see what happens. And I think when the time is right, it'll happen. So. Yeah. Burned Backhouse, which pastry is a must-try when visiting your husband's bakery? <laughs> oh my god they're all so good uh so yes for anyone who doesn't know my husband and i uh own uh an artisan bakery in london called christopher's christopher is my husband christopher's is the shop um and he changed careers kind of midlife he had a midlife crisis and instead of having an affair he opened a bakery <laughs> hey <laughs> Which there I you go is, is better <laughs> um and we bake artisan bread and it's been six or seven years now of like huge intensive slog and a labor of love. And I'm so proud of him because now we have a team of amazingly talented bakers. We're now making chocolate. Ah. So we make the most incredible artisan chocolates. I'm just thinking if there's any here in... No, he ate it because he was testing a new piece <laughs> earlier. I'm in our lounge and I thought he might have left some here. That's but right. I see he left none. <laughs> it, um, must be, uh, it must be happening soon then. It must, yes. That one works. That's I funny. would say um, the pastry to try or the thing that we get so many compliments on, um, we make our croissant and pain au chocolat, like the proper French way. Uh, so those are amazing and our, the pan of chocolate, we import the chocolate from Belgium. So it's really wow. beautiful chocolate. Um, and then we just recently started making cinnamon buns, which are, oh, they're too good. I my, can't actually go into the weakness. shop. I'm yeah, literally, I'm like this when he comes home with them, I'm like, stay away yeah. from me, you evil man. Get away. Back off. <laughs> no, Satan. No. <laughs> Get thee behind me. I know <laughs> what you're doing. Jesus had days like this. Exactly, and I tell you, man, lockdown was not good for that because I was like, ah, you know, I'm in sweatpants, I can do this, and then I tried to put on a pair of jeans after about three months. I was like, okay, this needs to stop. From now on, I got to wear elasticated, not elasticated trousers, trousers that do up. (laughs) (laughs) Absolutely. Um, So businesses has has made it through COVID. So you guys are doing good. Yeah, we've actually had an amazing time. We've kind of weirdly flourished. We've had to adapt loads. And again, I I really credit this to Chris because he was a step ahead of the government here uh, every single turn. You know, before they made it mandatory for people to wear masks, he was kind of saying, let's get all our staff in masks, let's wear gloves. Before they made it like mandatory for food businesses to have a covering or to separate people, we were doing that. He just kind of, I think, saw it and went, let's just be on the safe side. Yeah, Um, nothing wrong with it. Yeah, we've not been able to be open as a cafe, which is what we are. We're like a deli cafe. We have a bakery at the back where the bread is baked and the pastries are made daily. And we bake throughout the day. So a lot of bakeries run out at about 10 or 11 a.m. because they get it delivered to the shop in the morning. And then once it's gone, it's gone. That's it. Correct. Yeah. So we're more the French way where you bake and the last bake is around 2.30 or 3 p.m., which in the old days, when people were commuting to work every day, you could get 
fresh baguettes on your way home at 5 p.m., you know, um, on your commute home kind of thing. Okay. Um, but we've not been able to be a cafe for a year and a bit now. And so we lost, obviously, all those tables. And what we decided to do was kind of invest in stunning fresh produce. So we now have fresh. It's now more like an upmarket supermarket slash bakery because <laughs> we have bread, uh, pastries, cheese, wine, amazing deli products, um, meats, fish, fresh fish, smoked fish. Wow. Uh, all kinds of sauces wow. and then fresh veggies and fruit. Yeah. Check us out on Instagram. Christopher's Bakery. Absolutely. And what you know, when all the the sanctions and everything else are lifted, I will join you at the shop for a dessert. That is a deal. That's Absolutely. a deal. When you come to London. Yep. Yep. Ha- planning on heading back to to Ireland in the next uh, year or two here when everything r- kind of returns to normal, and I will definitely be passing by the UK. So Fab. for sure, we will make that happen. Excellent. Uh, Teresa MC, how would you imagine Hathor's human host? being like if she wasn't overtaken or was even released by her symbiote? Oh, that's such a good (laughs) question. I think she'd have a lot to say. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Be like, that's why I've been in a bad mood for the last 400 years. Right, exactly. Thousand for thousand. Yeah, exactly. Four thousand. It's so important Um, to remember that behind each gold face mm. is a human being screaming inside. Yeah. It's always in the back of my mind when I watch a Gould character. Yeah, exactly. I think also the thing that's important for me uh, is that Hathor in Egyptian mythology, 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 is um, actually sort of a very benevolent goddess. Uh She is, she is fertility and, and love, but she's not really like, she's not sex, drugs and rock and roll like she is in Stargate. She's much more love and children and nurturing, you know, earthly form as a cow, which I've never quite gotten over, but never mind. She is nourishment. Um, exactly. Yeah. And so I love the <laughs> duality of that. And I think it's always interesting because I think in life as human beings and certainly as an actor, those are the interesting things to play, the duality of the characters. So obviously with the symbiote, um, there's all this rage and anger and because also every evil person thinks that they're doing the right thing i don't think she thinks she's evil she's just doing whatever she has to do to get it done with Mm -hmm. the means at her disposal which in her case at that time is seduction absolutely and i in you know in my head she was always because there's something also quite um dual about nurture and seductress because you know the madonna whore complex the whole so on one hand she lures people in because she's like come trust you can trust me it's okay i'll talk to you and then you know then i've got you kind of gets them when she's yeah Yeah. just just let me breathe on you um exactly (laughs) (laughs) i think i think when she comes back because i'm just thinking positively here of course uh, when she comes back she has to have a new trick a few new tricks up her sleeve (laughs) <laughs> Absolutely. Something to do with being on ice instead of just yes. being in a sarcophagus. So exactly. she'll have some kind of freeze power or something. I don't yes. Know. Yes. So. Something cool. Oh, I like that. Absolutely. But yeah, so I think she'd be, um, I think she'd be, uh, I think I'd like to see the more um, kind, benevolent, caring side. Hmm. All her. right. That's cool. There are definitely gold who have been willing to take that step. Um, yeah. You know, the, the ball, uh, I mean, it wasn't 
like a nice guy particularly, but he did have a fascination and almost a love for humanity. You know, yeah. was, there was a, th- but it's so complicated, you know, but Cliff paid, played it so well. So yeah, absolutely. Exactly. But it's always like every villain is complicated. Every human being is complicated. Every character, you know, we're not, it's not just like, Oh, in fact, I was watching something the other day and it was so awful because <laughs> all the actors, I said to, to my husband, I feel like the actors were given the direction, just play everything as if you're angry because everybody was talking like this. No matter what they were saying, they were just, everybody was furious all the time. And then the breathing, there was a lot of this kind of breathing going on like that. And somehow that seems to be like, that's now like how you play Ernest, is that you've just got to do lots of breathing and be really angry. And I was like, that's so dull to watch because everybody's (laughs) on the same level. So when suddenly somebody comes in and is really still, which I loved that Cliff did, you know, instead of playing power like this... He sat back and was like, no, I'm just going to be like, you come to me. I'm, That's you know, right. And, it, and it, that dyna- those are the things that are interesting rather than just going like, you know, pantomime villain. Yeah, just flat <laughs> and, and yeah. uninteresting for sure. Very cool. Elisa yeah. Shuka, what are some of the best fan gifts you have received? Despite your, your two oh. ladies behind you here. <laughs> yes wow <laughs> oh my goodness i have received uh amazing t-shirts um i should have brought it down i've got a wonderful mask uh oh. that says kneel before your goddess posters drawings my whole landing upstairs is full of amazing drawings of oh. me as hathor or just me um beautiful bottles of wine wow uh, all right yes gorgeous wine scotch um like chocolates, teddy bears, key rings. I mean, just amazing. I mean, I, I can't possibly choose my favorites because there have just been so many beautiful things and hand-drawn beautiful frames made, you know, so they'll draw the, pa- the, the painting or the drawing and then the frame is really beautifully and everything handmade and, you know, beautifully packaged and sent here. So I'm, I'm really grateful. I mean, there's another amazing artist called Delphine. She's a French girl. Um, and she's done lots of drawings for me and has just done the most beautiful work and stunning work on half or hers, actually. <laughs> Here is a card from her. Oh, and you wow. Can see a, a drawing that she did. So, yeah, she's wow. talented as well. Holy Isn't cow, that, that is amazing. That's yeah, crazy. check out her work. She's so talented. Um, just, I mean, there's so many. I, you know, forgive me again if I'm... She doesn't want to sit down. No, hang on. <laughs> um, <laughs> there's just like, there's so many people. I feel just incredibly, incredibly blessed and, and lucky. Thank you all. Yeah. I remember being at a Stargate, a Star Trek convention once. Mm. And this, this, uh, I was running a booth and a fan had, had come up to me and said, yeah, I, um, I gave a, 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 a huge bouquet of, of red roses to, uh, uh, one of the actresses, one of the Voyager actresses, yeah. and she um, she reacted in a way that for him he was like kind of like surprised. Like she wasn't like, oh, thank you so much, you know, I I love it. She was just kind of she was just he he was he was puzzled at her response. And I said to him, well, red roses are a very personal gesture. Um, yeah, and you know, I can I can kind of understand where where he's coming from with that but then you know not every actor 
receives gifts the same way or takes the same messages the same way. And, you know, if, if you're, if you're, yeah. if you're lucky, you'll get one that'll be, that'll be at least understanding of where you're coming from with it and be like, well, th- thank you very much for, you know, caring about me enough to go and, and do this, but not everyone is. So. No, exactly. Yeah, that's true. That's true as well. Absolutely. <laughs> um, who was more, uh, Jet Ison wants to know who was more demanding Hathor or Dottie? To what play role? or yes, as characters, role. yeah. yeah. <laughs> Not as people. <laughs> uh, hmm. <laughs> mm. <laughs> I think they were both demanding, equally demanding, but for completely different reasons. Okay. So Hathor was probably more demanding in the sense that it was one of the first kind of, it was my first time in Vancouver and first time working with those people. And I kind of knew the track record and because it had Rick attached and obviously I knew Rick from MacGyver, you know, so I was, I was really aware of kind of being like, Oh, I'm walking into this world and everyone was quite tight knit and knew each other really well. And I was this kind of outsider coming in. It was so, first season. So, you know, everything was still yeah, exactly. being figured out. Yeah. And then to get the call at the end of the first season going, listen, your character is just like tested through the roof. People love her. So we're bringing you back. And at one stage, there was like a very loose discussion that it might be like a five, six, seven episode arc. And then I don't know what happened to this day. I don't quite know. And I was completely bereft that somebody, I think at some convention, maybe thinking that they were helping me, but sort of came on and went, do you know Brad Wright thinks your episode absolutely sucks? He hates it. It's his least favorite episode. And I was like, I did not know that. Thank you. But that explains a lot. <laughs> well, there's, uh, you know, uh, there's the Band-Aid yeah, for you. That's fair enough. But I don't think that it had anything to do with you. Uh, I, I, yeah. In fact, I, I'm pretty I positive that it didn't. There, there were... Brad and Jonathan had an interesting uh relationship you know and jonathan jonathan left to pursue other things um at the end of of season three and brad was able with with rob to continue to take the show in the direction that that he wanted to and there is there is Mm -hmm. a reference to um in I'm kind of adding fuel to the fire here, I suppose. But no, it's just, it's, I know for now, proper so context. Right. <laughs> there in heroes yeah. in the the two part heroes, Terrell's as Frasier's going through folders and saying that's the whole Hathor incident that we've been told never to talk about again. <laughs> and it was just you know there as you're figuring out a show at at the beginning, yeah. you're trying certain things and not trying other things. Like her turning Jack into a Jaffa you know, wouldn't fit with the later seasons of the mythology in terms of how it was understood, you know. But still, I think the fact of the matter is, the fact of the matter is that the fan base has corralled around around you and enveloped you and continued to say, yeah, you know what? Your your part your part was important. Your part did matter. It was it was key to the foundation of stuff that came later in terms of they're trying to figure stuff out in the beginning and you know the fact of the matter is that they had you back again so they wouldn't have done that believe me if you know you if they were not a fan of you so yeah um no that's very true and i sort of think like i completely agree with that you know and and as rainbow was saying last week it's always when you don't when you get the news that you're not coming back or and i was certainly not in a position like him 
but it's a blow personally because obviously mm. you are the person portraying that part. Correct. Um, but equally, you have to respect that they have a vision for what they want to make and Correct. it's a show and it's their show and they have an idea and they've got to do what they think is right for the show and I totally do respect that. Mm-hmm. Um, I just, as I said, if, if there was ever an opportunity to return as the, ca- the character, I mean, I don't, I think it would be, SG4 would be a brilliant way to to bring her back in a completely so same character but like with a new guise maybe like mm. a new because then they can make it because i think as a villain she had some really interesting mm. potential you know more than just the seduction i think that's quite one-sided um but i think there's there's so much more they that could have happened and that that would be an amazing thing to try and explore mm-hmm. um absolutely and i think that it if would it ever happened a valid one um for yeah. sure yeah there's, yeah. There is nothing beyond the realm of, of possibility. That's the wonderful yeah. thing about Stargate and about sci-fi is they can make anything work. And one of the great things about Brad is, and, and he proved this with, with uh, Stargate SG-1 Final Cut, Children of the Gods, is that yeah. there is enough there that you can, that, that you can even, even reshape some of the earlier stuff to be more internally consistent as a special piece of content for fans like the Final Cut was where it was yeah. something that was just created for the fans because it was a passion project for him. This was something that, you know, th- he had wanted to, you know, really make uh, uh, Im- improvements on in terms bec- there was just things that he wasn't satisfied with at the beginning. And so, you know, what? Yeah. anything is a possibility. Yeah, absolutely. absolutely. And um, I realize I haven't answered the question about Dottie. Dottie was a challenge <laughs> because... Um, because the script was so weird, like, you know, so she's half human, half Android. Then she, well, she's an Android, but she, they get affected. They go through this weird wormhole and then she becomes more and more in touch with the human side. Um, what was great about her was being able to unleash my comedy. Cause they just kind of went, just do what you want to. And there's loads of stuff that didn't make it into the final cut, but mm. you know, we had, they just sort of let me run wild and that was fantastic. But it was a challenge finding, I guess, the right balance. And I think Star Hike is a show that really divides people. Wow. <laughs> people either love it or they hate it. It's like complete <laughs> marmite. You're either in it or you hate it. Um, but I think that's kind of cool. Why know? do you think that is? That people have, that there's such a dichotomy to it? I think because it's very specific British humor. Do you know okay. who Benny Hill is? I know is the name. Mean? Okay. Yeah. So Benny Hill was kind of in the 60s. Um, it was very like tits and ass comedies. No other way to say it. Like okay. lots of dolly birds running around being like, oh, yeah, oh, sure. And lots of double play on words. Like, you know, in Star Hike, the captain's called Belinda Blowhard. I was Dr. Oh K.Y. God. Okay. Sally, Sally, pop your top off, you know. <laughs> so there were all these. And basically it was like a carry on film in space but then there were every now and then there were some really funny clever bits but i think that that kind of humor not everybody gets it and a lot of people looked at it and just went what the hell is this thing mm-hmm. um but you know it was made by guys who are huge fans of um sci-fi in general the special effects looked amazing because it was shot on a shoestring budget uh and that's also what they do 
And it's developed its own little like cult niche following. And if you ever have some spare moments, check out the outtakes okay. on YouTube okay. for me and Claudia Christian just oh, killing okay. ourselves laughing. Yeah. So she she plays Belinda Blowhard. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God. All oh right. Oh God. Anyway, yeah. <laughs> I will definitely check it out. <laughs> what the English have done with English. I mean, it's just it's yeah. one of those things. You know, you can you can make anything happen more than a lot of other languages. You know, the the subtext is there. He had an enormous yeah. Norman. You know, exactly. I mean, we all know what what you're saying. You know, but exactly. what's what's a Norman? It doesn't matter. His Norman was enormous. You know, it's just, exactly. I, I think that that's that's so brilliant about English. And there are the words English. that are just funny, like doorknob is a sort of you know if you say doorknob. <laughs> <laughs> get the doorknob it's a funny word i don't know why but it gets you know, it is one of yeah it gets oh a lot. gosh <laughs> claire cowan apart from flying home to south africa where would you go uh once flying is is uh normal again oh uh, i want to go to a somewhere hot and yeah? tropical so thailand or mauritius i mean south africa is hot but like when I go home, it's never, it's never just full holiday. And especially yeah. now my parents are, are getting on a bit, um, you know, and, and it's been awful. It's the longest I've been away from South Africa. I haven't been back in a year and gosh, a year and a half now. Um, and the last time I was there was October, November, 2019. Mm. And my mum was really, really, really ill. Uh, which is why I went. And then I had to check, cut my trip short because they changed our dates on the Princess Switch 2. And I had to suddenly, and I literally flew from Cape Town, landed in London, got here, unpacked my summer clothes, put in my winter clothes, was driven to the airport and flew to Scotland and started filming oh the next gosh. day. Yeah, it was nuts. But thankfully she's recovered completely. Good. But we've not had um, time as a family to just enjoy each other because that trip was so intense and so fraught and my dad is quite frail physically now so I was like you know double like major daughter duty like manning keeping you know what's it battening down the hatches and taking care of stuff so I I really am looking forward to being able to go home and just kind of spend some time with them and see them and be with them but yeah I also just the thought of a beach somewhere with like we keep watching anything with somewhere warm and then Chris and I'll be like oh I want to lie on a beach and you know sip a cocktail with an umbrella in it (laughs) (laughs) I hear you absolutely Uh, tune Tamasha what kind of (laughs) what kind of fragrance would Hathor use or sell slogans like godlike sense symbiotic (laughs) attraction and fertility overdrive come to mind (laughs) Bow I to like the symbiotic. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I love that. Um, oh, maybe that's the next step of fragrance. <laughs> and it'll be pink. No, I don't want it to be pink. Seduction I actually don't like by pink. Hathor. Really? Okay. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> and then in the back, in very small writing, if you use too much of this, there is danger that you might turn into a symbiote. <laughs> 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 parasitic takeover is possible that's <laughs> yes exactly thank you that is brilliant. that's great goran yeah. anowski uh is it possible that you may have any of the main cast from the 1994 stargate movie be a guest on uh either show 
I've I've had Dean on mine. Oh, have you? Yeah. Wow. That was a big deal. I he's, have he's crew, never yeah. even considered that, okay. honestly. Um, because for me, I I mean, obviously saw the film. Yes. And I enjoyed the film, but the film has always for me felt like such a kind of standalone mm. thing in a weird way. Like the Stargate television series franchise is very much something that, you know, I, I've been a part of and and that's the world that I kind of felt. And I guess that's where I also know the actors. Like mm. I have no connection at all to anyone. Have you met Alexis? In, in the film. Uh, I think I've met him once. Okay. So yes, actually Alexis probably, because I know he and Peter, Peter are mates. So I could yes. have Alexis on. He's wonderful. Um, yeah, he's a really sort of old soul, isn't he? Correct. Kind of like, yeah. yeah. He's a very deep thinker. Deep you know? thinker. You, you yeah. ask him the questions, he'll take 10 or 15 minutes explaining it. And interesting response the entire time so yeah for sure um but yeah no i haven't actually considered that but maybe maybe if there's a season three who knows great who knows? there we go <laughs> Chantel leo if you could have played any other character in stargate which one which one would you have chosen uh sam Carter. Sam. <laughs> although she was perfection yeah. um yeah either that or or jack <laughs> if they ever did like a I mean, imagine like a woman playing that role. I would just love to have seen that. Yeah, so. absolutely, for sure. In Atlantis, there was a there was a four team member, all female uh, team uh, squad, and it was fantastic oh, yeah. to watch. It was that's great. right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yep. So yeah, something like that would have been quite interesting. I think. Rachel Baker, your most challenging day to film on SG One. Um, again, challenging more because of circumstance was the day that we were doing, uh, and I can't remember where it was in the sequence of filming, but it was the day that I was kind of, it's the the opening bit where my hand comes out the sarcophagus Ah. and then I sit up. And I think I've talked quite a lot at conventions and on my show about the unbelievably uncomfortable outfit, (laughs) which was so tight. Um, And then also they had so weirdly, initially they'd made it so that the, the whole piece underneath and the little skirt with the flaps, like that that was to wear underneath that really tight skirt. And then thank God, somebody in costume went, hang on, hang on, hang on. We never see her take this off. We don't need to wear the double layer because it was sort of also, it was just making everything impossible to breathe. So they removed that and that made it a little more comfortable, but it was very heavily boned down the side. So when something, when it, like a corset is boned, you've got these rigid bones literally going down the front and the side and the back and they tend to go down to sort of your like below your belly button Mm -hmm. um and so i couldn't you can't sit in it because when you sit it rises up like that and you can't really get comfortable going to the loo was an absolute challenge oh my god so they and then so any kind of movement like this bending or turning sideways is really difficult which is why in period films you can always see women in corsets they're very straight because it absolutely changes how you sit how you breathe you can barely breathe so that if you want to breathe at all yeah exactly and they wanted me to come from lying down and sit up in like one go and i was like are you kidding i could you know so that was challenging and then we had to do it over and over and over it was really technical and funny enough, the one people think was really challenging was the getting out of the bathtub or into the bathtub, because obviously technology has really come a long way now. It would be interesting to see how they did that now. But then we filmed it in reverse. 
So obviously I was dry going into the water wet and then they just reversed the film. But I remember them saying really clearly, he's like, you can't blink. You have to keep your eyes open the whole time because if you blink and we play it back, you'll be blinking backwards. Yeah, because your eyes are slower going up than they are going down. Exactly. So rather than doing that, they're going mm-hmm. this way. <laughs> so I was like, okay, going down in the water. The gig- oh, and then the water started stinging my eyes. But I was like, can I close them now? Can I close them now? I can't close them now. I just keep going. But weirdly, <laughs> we did that in one take. They oh, it was one Everyone take. Was like, yeah, nailed it. So I was like, oh, oh, okay. So the dress and coming out of that damn bloody sarcophagus was really challenging. <laughs> and then lots of scenes where I couldn't, um, it's quite difficult to be seductive. <laughs> Well, it's difficult for me to be seductive at the best of times, but it's difficult for her. I found it really difficult to not be able to move because sensuality is about movement. And I was like, felt like I was a mummy in this outfit, you know. Um, but that's my job to make it look like it was effortless and easy. There you go. <laughs> and talking about uh, with Rainbow, one of the stories that, that really um, hit home for me uh, and, I, and I'd like you to share it again, if you'd be willing, uh, was a, an experience where you had uh, a, a costume fitting and it was just, you were being mistreated and yeah. you decided to stand up for yourself. Oh, yeah. Well, I forgot I told that. Uh-huh. <laughs> um, yeah. So I had asked him <clears throat> about, we were talking about kind of like how you deal with rejection and kind of building yourself up. And he was saying that it took a long time for him to, to find the power, I guess, to say, no, I'm not going to be spoken to like that or treated like that. And I said, me too. And in fact, it's only just recently happened. And he said, oh, what happened? And I said, well, about four or five years ago, I was in a costume fitting for a show that will remain nameless. Yeah. Um, And the costume person is a very well-known, really respected costume lady. Um, Huge amount of credits, like Academy Award winning, you know. And I was really excited. And I got there and there's a a place in London that's essentially a massive warehouse. And each room is just... So the front part of the room is a curtain, a big, Mm -hmm. thick velvet drape. And then there's a door to the back and the door goes out into this vast... Uh, warehouse so that when you're in your fitting no one else can see you but the costumier can run in and out to go and get stuff from the warehouse if they need to but the rooms are next to each other and not particularly well labeled on the outside so I go in for the fitting and you know an actor's fittings are nightmarish anyway because you're you have to get naked in front of someone you've never met Um, you're standing there in your pants and sometimes if it's a period piece which this was that had to have like proper period underwear So they were looking at stuff like that. And basically, she just started telling me what was wrong with me. Um, She said, first thing she said was, you're very glamorous. Very, very glamorous. That's not right for this role. And I was a bit like, "Uh, well, and she went, you've got far too much makeup on. And I was like, well, I obviously won't be wearing the makeup for the shoot. But I mean, it's it's my day off. Yeah. This is how I dress. This is me. And she was like, well, put your hair in a ponytail. I need to see what it looks like in a ponytail. And and take your clothes off, for heaven's sake. Just take your clothes off, because how am I supposed to dress you? I can't see anything. And then I did, and she was like, well, that's not going to work. And she then went and got two outfits. And while she was getting the outfits, she was like, just... Because I was sort of standing there. Anna was quite cold. And I asked if I... I remember picking up a shirt. And she's like, take it off. 
for heaven's sake, don't put your top on. I need to look at you. Although it's not very pleasant looking at you, I have to be honest. And this is, you're so capacious. Everything's so large. And I don't know how we're going to make this work. And I just was kind of going, um, and then she went, you're very tall. How tall are you? And I said, I'm five foot nine and a half, but I can be five eight if you like. And she went, and your feet, you've got very small feet. <laughs> like nothing was right. And I, I was, I could feel the tears coming. And then she went, well, wait here. I've got to go and get two outfits. And then shouting at her assistant, she was like, you know, get the thing and get the enormous one. And then get the one, you know, get the one in the size that she's given us as if I lied about my sizes. And then she came back and I kid you not with what looked like a tent. It was like, and she went, well, there's this or this. Frankly, I think you're going to have to wear this because I doubt this will fit you. And then she shuffled off again to go and get me the ugliest pair of shoes. And the assistant kind of must have taken a look at my face and just went, I'm so sorry. She's really stressed. And I went, yeah, I can That's tell. That's clear. Um, and, and she's then making she calls that are like a casting director's call. She's the costumer. Exactly. And constantly going on about how she just kept saying, you're so glam. Take your jewelry off and then take your lipstick off. She was like obsessed with my face. Um, and then while I was waiting in my now pants and sort of weird petticoat and a sort of strange 60s bra, some guy else, walks yes. in. Yes. And I was like, oh, um, hi. And he's like, oh, oh, man, my bad. Wrong room. And I was just like, are you fucking kidding me? And in that moment, I was like, hang on, hang on, hang on. You have two choices here. You can either fall apart and burst into tears, which is what I was feeling I wanted to do, and run away and hide. Or you can stand up to this gremlin of a woman, and she was tiny, she's like five foot at most. And you can absolutely use your power and your experience and speak your truth. And when she came back in, I went and I stood as close to her and I like literally loomed over her. And she was like, oh, right. And I said, look, this is a fitting. I'm here for an hour and a half. Anything that doesn't fit, you'll have to adjust it. But why don't we try the dress before you decide whether it's going to fit or not? And let's see if it fits. And if it doesn't fit, you fix it. That's your job. And she was like, right, well, and thank God it fitted perfectly. <laughs> The belt was a bit tight, but I remember I came home and I said to Chris, I'm not eating for two weeks because that belt is going to, because it fitted, but I was like, oh, I can barely breathe, but I'm not going to tell her. But by the time we shot, it looked great. Everything worked. And I wore the dress that they had picked originally, no tent, none of the other stuff, but in the process. And I've subsequently found out, funny enough, because somebody saw my interview, that there was some another actress on that job who was very young. It was her first job. So nine, 19 or 20 First so job, she won't know better. Won't have a clue. Went for the fitting. All went well. Really excited. And had a major role in this. And on the first day of filming, this same woman was like, oh, my God, you put on weight on the holidays. Oh, well, your costumes aren't going to fit you fat now. What am I going to do with you? You're fat. And this poor girl went into makeup, was like, what's wrong with me? You know, size, teeny tiny. I mean, it's outrageous. And a woman. That's mm -hmm. the worst part. Like... Mm -hmm. A sister i was like come on mm -hmm. um but yeah so that was quite a horrific story <laughs> well some people you know all of us uh except for cops and a few other uh, professions you know can have a bad day but it's your choice as to whether or not 
you are going to dump on another person at the same time. Yeah. You can just say, you know what? Just to let you know up front, it, I'm having a bad one. I'm going to do what I can. You know, please work yeah. with me. But yeah. man, holy crap, Suan. Yeah. And good for so you for outrageous. standing up for yourself. And it wasn't that you were being a bully back. It was, it was you were putting a stop to it to prevent yeah. more from happening. You know? Yeah. But I, you know, I'm going to tell, I, I got on the train and cried all the way home. And by the time I got home, I was in such a state. And actually, my brilliant husband was like, you should throw a tantrum. You should phone your agent and you should throw a tantrum and you should threaten not to turn up because this is outrageous, particularly as she is who she is. Um, right. This was an, when, uh, if this I, was an award-winning costume, yeah. then yeah. Yeah. And you just, then you think how many other young women and older women. Correct. And then she had a go at the lead actress who's a massive star. She had a go at her about her wig. And I was like, well, who are you? Yeah. Like, but then I realized on that day when she had a go about the wig, which isn't even her department, I thought there's something not right here. This, this, is, this woman is basically a poisonous little, and she's- Yeah, she's abusive. Happened because it's, it's all, yeah. It's not actually about me. This is her stuff. Mm-hmm. But in that moment where, you know, and my God, talk about being vulnerable. As I said, you're in your panties and nothing else. And some guy walks in. I was like, oh, what is happening? Right. It was awful. Awful. Yeah. Um, well, good for you for <laughs> rising up above that. So. Well, thank you. Absolutely. Thank you. <laughs> thank you for sharing that story. Because it's just like, oh, you know, all of us in our industry, you know, have have dealt not certainly in that necessarily type of situation, but dealt with people like that. And and sometimes, you know, not to get mean back, but but sometimes, you know, you have you have to stand up for yourself. You know, yeah. and, and, and if you have the power to stand up for others, you know, that's. That's that's something that I mean, each of us yeah. have to consult ourselves and, and deep down and think about, too. And there are things, you know, I mean, when I first moved to L.A., I mean, I've never told this story publicly. I'm not sure I should. <laughs> but when I first moved to L.A., um, I auditioned for a pilot that uh, was called Easy Streets, E-Z Streets, uh, and directed by, um, oh God, he's the guy who wrote and directed Crash, Paul... Ah, his name escapes me anyway. You're looking it up. Fantastic. Very well-known Oscar-winning. Um, Paul Haggis. 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 Paul Haggis. Paul Haggis. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And uh, he was wonderful. And basically, I don't know anyone who... So, so pilot season, you audition, you get a callback, mm. another callback, another callback. Then you go in front of the producers and you get another callback and you go to the network. And going to network is a big, big, big deal because there's usually only three of you. They never do two. They always pick an uneven number. And you're basically shoved in front of the entire network, which is mostly men. Um, You're on display. You're on display. And you then have to act. You also have to sign your contract before you go in. So you can be sitting with $20 in your bank account and look at a contract that gives you from, if you get this job from tomorrow, $25,000 an episode or whatever it is, maybe. So that's a bit of an adjustment. And then you're looking at the two other people who at this point are, are your competition and they keep you all together in the room. I don't know if they, they still do that, but this is what they did when I was there. Mm. Anyway, and I went in and I had to fight for this thing because initially they were like, well, they wanted to be British and they didn't want to be British. And then she was American. Then they came back and then 
one of the producers was like, oh, but now I've heard her British. I don't know if I'm convinced about her being American. So I had to go out and be American. Anyway, it was this like endless process. And then they were like, her clothes aren't sexy enough. She needs to dress more sexy. So I was like, okay, so, you know, lower the shirt, higher the skirt, tighter jackets. My housemate at the time um, was tiny and I somehow squeezed myself into one of her jackets, which was really tight on me, but did the trick. And Paul Haggis was absolutely amazing all the way through it. And I know he really, really wanted me. Casting director was brilliant. And on the final day, I went in and I did, and there were four scenes and it was a brilliant part, brilliant part. Um, And I went in and I read and you literally, they ask you to do like a 360, you're on like a little platform, a little stage in the kind of bowels of CBS, you know? Mm -hmm. And I was about to go out and Paul Haggis looked at me and went, like that. And the casting director was like, so I was like, and you know, you're shaking. And I was about to go and he turned around and he said, does anybody have any questions for Suanne? Anything before we let her go? And deathly silence. And also they're awful because I just look at you like this. Yeah. There's nothing from them. Yeah. So he's like, great, Suanne, if you want to just go and wait outside, uh, we're going to see the other two and then we'll let you know if you can stay or go. And I was like, okay. And as I had my hand on the doorknob to leave, doorknob, there's that word again. <laughs> um this voice from the back and very physically similar to Harvey Weinstein, feet up on a chair, smoking a cigar, went, yeah, 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 I, it's not so much a question, but like, I don't know, like, I don't want to fuck her. Do you want to fuck her? Anybody here? Anybody want to fuck her? I don't know if I want to fuck her. <laughs> what do you do with that? And I just remember Paul Haggis going, well, I think uh, uh, everyone was, and I was like, uh, and needless to say, I did not get the job, but the show didn't get picked up. It got canceled. So, ha! Um, but yeah, that was a bit of an adjustment to come back from. Cause you're just like, yeah. what? Yeah. Um, so yeah, Hathor felt like a nice vindication of that. Cause I was like, I would imagine yeah, so. Jeez. She's a sexy, desirable gal. Take that Mr. Big Shot. But yeah, you know, I mean, I can tell, I could tell you stories all day, but yeah. I won't because I've kept you long enough. <laughs> no, no, it's, it's, it, this is, this is. And pardon the language. I have to no, use No, you're okay. For, for historical accuracy. Yeah. yeah. Um, yeah. It, it is, it is a, a business that uh, uh, is cut throat. And I mean, the, the fact, the, the, the fact of the matter is, you know, the, the, beauty is so subjective you know, and mm-hmm. one of the things that I think is so wonderful about about the age of television that we're moving into is that, and and movies, slowly but surely, we're showing that it it's so much more personality than it is just physicality and looks. Yeah. Looks, unfortunately, are always going to be a thing. Always, there's yeah. always going to be men and women who are going to go and say, mm, I want that. I will watch yeah. more of that. Because I want to see more of them. Them's just the facts, you know. Yeah. But also at the same time, um, you 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 can have these you have these plus size characters in a lot of in a lot of these shows, who are just fantastic to watch. They've gone out of their way to find someone who has personality as as the the biggest thing. 
you know, and yeah. that you have to you have to do everything you can, you know, to get the job, obviously. But at, at a certain point, it's like, you know, you're going to have those people in the room who are just like, well, this is a toxic human being, you know. Yeah. And, you know, yeah, I, I mean, I think it's it's very different now. I mean, he, that kind of behavior would never, ever, ever fly now. It is certainly not after thing. the Me Too. Yeah. yeah thank God. Um, but, you know, I agree. And I think the other interesting thing is that we're becoming much more. um God, that story's made me all sweaty. <laughs> it's much. intense. Yeah. yeah. Um, but I think, you know, acting is about people. We're all different, different colors, mm-hmm. different creeds, different shapes, different ages, different sizes. I don't want to watch a program where everybody looks the same and speaks Correct. the same. As I said to you, it's so dull. So, and they all God, look like Barbie dolls. A... I mean, uh, yeah. you know, that's not and what all I the look men... for. Yeah, the same. And all the men look the same, whatever that may be. And I feel we finally are embracing like diversity and like real. It's so much more interesting watching real. And of course, yes, everybody wants to look beautiful on screen. But just because you look beautiful doesn't you know, that doesn't always make the most interesting character. Correct. Um, Which is a hard thing. The the ego has to let go of that. Right. But like the best work I've ever done is when I've had no makeup on playing, you know, essentially a really grotty down market character. That's when I've done the best work or playing someone who was disemboweled with blood pouring off. Like that's when the work has been the most rewarding and the most amazing. Is it because the veneer has been taken away that you're you're not focusing on those things that that it's that it's brought out the best performance in your opinion or it's just the subject matter that you were dealing with was what did it, or a combination of the two yeah i think a combination of the two and i think um you know one of the nice things also as an actress particularly you go through sort of ingenue and then you're leading lady and then you get to like the kind of age where i am now where they're not quite sure what to do with me because by hollywood standards i'm too old to play a leading lady I'm not, if I was famous, I could play a leading lady, but I'm not famous in Hollywood. So that, so they're not, and I'm not quite granny. (laughs) Thank goodness. Not yet. Um, So they're not quite sure where to slot you in. Mm -hmm. And there just aren't that many interesting roles. So you have to make the roles, but I've discovered it's really interesting when you show people what you can do in a way that isn't going, Oh, look, Um, suddenly people go, Oh, so to give you an example of this, I, uh, through doing Hathor hosts, mm. I started doing more posts on Instagram. I started doing my makeup differently. I started doing much more sort of quite glamorous, like selfies, for want of a better word. And then combining that with kind of like funny, my personality with, you know, things. Because I'm you're always kind your, of like. Your show you is know. the personality, you know, yeah. and the guest. So, yeah. yeah. And I was called in for a job uh, a week ago by somebody who's never seen me, who said, I've been kind of fascinated by your Instagram profile. And then I read up about you on IMDb and I'd like you to come in and read for this role. And it's like, it's a great role. I mean, I may not get it, but I sure as hell a year ago wouldn't have even been considered. So that was a way of going, well, don't write me off just yet, you know, just because... Yeah, so that's that's been it's been massively rewarding, actually. Fantastic! I I am so glad to hear that. You know these these things all lead lead back towards one another, and you know you're you're putting yourself out there and you're doing a project, sharing yourself and sharing uh, aspects of other people that you care about, 
and you know the the results may pay off in ways that you'll never know certainly yeah for this for 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 this show and i imagine for yours as well i have gotten mail from people who have said you know what um i really needed this right now thank you and yeah. that's huh, you know I do this to amuse myself and to create some interesting yeah. content and, and connect to people that 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 I've loved uh, who I haven't uh, either met before or you know haven't heard from in years. And I think you and I are 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 very privileged to to have uh, to have people you know who give a crap about a, about the yeah. work that that we're doing. So Absolutely, that's really yeah. cool, Sue Ann. That's a really cool story. No, I really agree. And I think, um, you know, the, more than the work, like just having people reach out and say, I can't tell you how your show impacted me or you got me through this. Or especially in the first lockdown, I think when we were all like, you know, the, nobody knew what to expect. And, and then just the world stopped. You know, now we're a bit more used to it. But during that time, I received the most beautiful letters, which I will always cherish. Uh, or, you know, and sometimes if I am having a really bad day, I'll sort of go back, you know, I, you know, if you don't get a job or you're feeling a bit low, I'll read some of the things sent to me over the years. And I'm like, gosh, that's, that's really kind of lifted me, you know, because mm -hmm. I feel so supported in this uh, amazing fandom, which I'm, I really do. I mean it. I feel like it's a privilege to be a part of it. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. No, I, I a hundred percent agree. And to be able to to share time with you and to share time with these lovely people who have taken the time to to tune in is uh, is, yeah. is always fantastic. So, congratulations on season two. Thank you. And thank you very much. You know, this is uh, keep on growing and growing. We'll grow together. And absolutely. Uh, who knows what's going to happen next? So you know what? We can all, all hope for uh, SG4. And in the meantime, you and I are just going to keep on trucking and, and sharing some interesting exactly. stories with people that we care about and you know want to learn a little bit more about. Yeah, absolutely. And just one day at a time, you know? Absolutely. You know, that's that's all you can do. So yeah, I really appreciate yeah. you taking the time. Oh, David, back. it's been an absolute pleasure and a treat talking to you. Thank you for having me. Absolutely. You have a great night. I'll uh, email you shortly and uh, I'll, you stay in touch. I will do. Thanks so much for watching, everyone. Bye. Bye. Have a good night. Bye. You too. Bye. Sue Ann Braun, host of Hathor Hosts. Thanks so much for tuning in. I'm David Reed. You're watching Dial the Gate. We're brought to you every week for free and we do appreciate you watching. But if you want to support the show further, buy yourself a t-shirt. We're offering several now. T-shirts, tank tops, sweatshirts, and hoodies for all sizes and a variety of uh, colors as well. Uh, let me see here. Over at Redbubble, we're currently offering four theme designs and hope to add more in the future. Uh, checkout is fast and easy, and you can even use your Amazon or PayPal account. Just visit dialthegate.redbubble.com, and thank you for all your support. And... We have a really cool giveaway for this month. Dial the Gate has partnered with Big J Customs for the month of April to give you a chance to get your very own custom pop figure. To enter to win these items, you need to use a desktop or a laptop computer and go to visit dialthegate.com. Scroll down to submit trivia questions. Your trivia may be used in a future episode of Dial the Gate, either for our monthly trivia night or for a special guest to ask me in a round of trivia. 
please note the submission form does not currently work for mobile devices. Uh, get this in to us before May the 1st, and if you're the lucky winner, I'll be notifying you via your email to get your address. Be sure to check out our partner's website for more Stargate-related merchandise at BigJCustomsArt.com. My thanks again to Sue Ann for, for joining me on this episode. Uh, a couple of uh, questions submitted for me. John42, wondering when Mika McKinnon, the science advisor for Stargate, will be back for another interview. Uh, that's a great question. So right now I'm hoping to have her and David Hewlett on in a future episode in the next month or two. So we're still panning that out, trying to figure out uh, if that's going to happen, A, and B, you know, when the schedule will be. So we'll see what happens. Kicks 394. We'll dial the gate continue in some form after the pandemic. Yes. The pandemic just kicked us off. Uh, I'm hoping to do more in-person content. That's the plan, at least. I do want to do a location series. I want to go back up to Vancouver uh, and uh, visit a lot of the locations of the show. I want to have someone uh, separate from me host that and talk a little bit about the background of the uh, of the the location and its relevance and the people who are involved in the locations and and this and that. So that's that's the intent is to do um, uh, more on the ground uh, reporting as well. As long as the fan base uh, continues to grow, something like that's I mean going to be cost prohibitive if. Uh, uh, we only get, you know, just a, a few hundred uh, views. So at this is, at this stage, it's not feasible to do something like that. So that's one of the advantages of doing this during the pandemic is beginning to, uh, to, to grow out uh, the base of interest for the channel. And then we'll see what happens. If, if it grows, it grows. If it doesn't, we'll stay where we are. So and that's just how you play it. So thanks so much to my production assistants, uh, Linda Gate, Gabber Fury, Jennifer Kirby, for uh, continuing to make the show possible. Uh, to my moderating team, Tracy, Keith, Jeremy, Reese, Anthony, and uh, Summer, you guys make this show what it is. My, my team, I, I could not pull this off uh, without you guys. Just like in talking with Sue Ann, you know, she has people who, who pulls all the levers behind the scenes, you know, to help her uh, uh, pull off each every, and every episode. The same was uh, with us. Episode 80. My gosh. And then in 20 minutes, we have uh, Musetta Vander joining us. Uh, Shawnock from Stargate SG-1. So she's going to be on in very short order here. So I hope you have a chance to stick around and, and join us for that one. My uh, name is David Reed. You're watching Dial the Gate. Thanks so much for tuning in. We'll see you on the other side. Dial the Gate is hosted and executive produced by David Reed. The producer is Darren Sumner. Co-produced by Linda Fury. The composer is Neil Acree. Animations by Bryce Ors. The production assistant is Jennifer Kirby. Moderators include Summer Roy, Keith Homel, Tracy Noller, Jeremy Heiner, Reese M., and Anthony Rowling. Logo design by Deborah J. Bell. Additional effects by Thomas Tots, with contributions by model makers Chris Baker, Stephen Barr, Kevin Zabo, and Tom Paris. The archivists are Linda Fury, Zachary Adams, and Fred Eric Marcoux. For general inquiries for submissions, please contact us at dialthegateshow at gmail.com. Visit our website for the upcoming schedule, as well as an archive of our past episodes at dialthegate.com.